This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 415, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 415. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me as always are Josh Flanagan. Hi. And Paul you sound Montgomery. Amazing. Adios. Whoa, wait. Wait, no. No, that, no that's... I took art. <laughs> we are a fanboy. I think there's something wrong with your German, boy. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. They call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about it on this show, along with other books of the week, other topics of comic book interest, or Band of Brothers lately. Depends on what's, what we're in the mood for. <laughs> Or what we've watched lately. Before we get going, quick reminder, no worries, the review no, show. I'm all gone, yes, sent you. So there'll be spoilers for things that happen in the books. So if you read your books yet, pause the show and come back. You'll be happier and less stressed out. Fewer gallstones. Fewer <laughs> stones. Paul, you had to pick. Is it is a good time to actually to pick up Band of Brothers, actually. I think it's like $25 as we're recording this. But good Lord. Yeah. The Pacific, too. Um, well, let's... Uh, 
So the pick, I had, I had. Uh, we'll table I, that conversation. <laughs> I had the honor, pleasure, and privilege of choosing Superman Action Comics number twenty-six by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. I'm so Are you excited. Really calling it Superman Action Comics? Well, it's what it says on the well, cover. Just put it on the cover so you know. The new is. 52 Superman action comics. They used to do that all the time. Maybe, maybe, maybe the reason they ain't been buying it because it ain't said Superman on it. I mean, there's a picture of him, but... Is that what the Dio sounds like these days? Yeah. Now now the internet and all, they're in the, they, need, they need text searchable terms. <laughs> so it's been a while. So, I mean, Josh chose an action comics issue, but it was a Lex Luthor issue, really. That right. was right. Charles Souls. Yeah, that sounds right. So, but but you know, to choose an actual Superman book, it's very excited as as a big Superman fan. So this just a random number too. This is yeah, it's twenty six. He he, uh, this team started with twenty five, and it was sort of like a, I don't know, it was a double feature kind of issue. There were two little short stories. Yeah, Yeah. and that was that was very good. That was you know on on you know on another week that might have been a pick of the week. It was very refreshing. But this one, the first full issue, and you've got Lana Lang down in Venezuela, and she's doing some electrical engineering, and they're they're digging around, and they unearth like a Balrog or something, and Superman's got to go deal with that. The specific room. It's Pacific Rim, yeah, yeah. It's a kaiju, and uh, and Superman's got to deal with that. And other than you know some references to him dating Wonder Woman and you know the the costume that we don't exactly love, this is this is the Superman that I love. This is I think I think Greg Pak is especially good with the inner monologue and the character narration stuff, both for Superman and for Lana Lang, and that made this really enjoyable to read. Plus, we always love flashbacks to Smallville. And this has a flashback to Clark getting a bicycle from Pa Kent and riding around on the bicycle. And I, lo- I just I, I sort of love the way that, that he talks about growing up in the country and the joy of, of riding a bike and it being like flying. And how does he say? He says, pure, pure dumb kid joy felt like flying. And of course, that all goes horribly wrong because that's when his heat vision decides to activate because it's sort of puberty times, it's, and uh, he gets blown off his bike. <laughs> and and because that's exactly that that's that's the Scott Summers thing. That's exactly right. what happened to to Cyclops. Don't sully this. One. Also, Nightcrawler's <laughs> at the end of it, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, there is. So and then with his heat vision, he incinerates like like the entire. I thought I thought props. that was the strongest scene. This, this yeah. was the strongest scene in the whole issue. So yeah, I th- that's I think that's the key scene. There's a, they introduce also this this ghost soldier villain who can go intangible and tangible. So he's kind of got like a Kitty Pride sort of power. This is an X Men issue of Superman apparently. <laughs> bit, but, of a, bit of a design problem on the ghost soldier. Bit of a design problem. Bit of a bit, design problem. The the Mohawk or I just seems uh, a bit of should have been an anachronism. Uh, I'm just saying. Oh look at that. Designed a character. That's cool. You know, when you look at the at the page of the Ghost Soldier, like coming up and about to pounce on Superman in flight, uh, and Superman's narration is "Whoa!" This looks Whoa. a lot like uh, Chris Burnham to me. Well, let's I talk about Aaron Cooter. I think we're. Yeah. I feel like we're watching him find a style, which is mm-hmm. kind of exciting. I've followed his work somewhat for the last couple of years when he first when I first saw him on Green Lantern, New Guardians, and. He, then he had a very quietly style. This is a much different style than what, what he had before. And I like it a lot. Actually, what I was thinking about while reading this was we've talked a lot about how Marvel tends to show more indie style, more experimental art. And this, yeah. this was a very sort of indie style, I thought. Yeah. I like the art a lot. I think, I think when I talk about that design, that fits in very well with everything else oh, no, no, that no, is no, indie. The design aside, Definitely. I just think, that, I think this, is an, this is art I expect to see like in an image book, which is great. For, yeah, for I see that. I, I, mm-hmm. I really like that we're starting to see this stuff creep back in yeah i think it's it's sustainable you know like it's it's not like there's they either have like their their house style which is you know whatever the hell that is Uh, and then there's a couple other guys that can do four issues a year and this is like a thing that is yeah yeah. you know but there's still precedent for like if you look at the last few pages with the monster um back in the fortress of solitude in that you know in that dome it feels very all-star superman to me you know very quietly yeah but you know it's all it's it you know it's all consistent throughout and I I do like this art style as well so I think this is a, this is a great team and gives me a lot of hope for Superman in 2014. I was, this is kind of a kind of a kind of a rough turbulent year for Superman <laughs> between movies and comics, but um, I really like there's a page here. Yeah, um, the one after he boots the kaiju into the sun yeah. and he returns capeless. Yeah, that's yeah. a really nice page. If you and look I, at like the angle that they're watching in the second panel, the angle that they're watching Superman. 
uh, yeah. fly down from right. um, the first panel. They're looking like, look at the scope that they've given. With their, they're way at the bottom, looking way up into the air. That's a really nice use of a page. And then sort of that nice image in the last panel. He also has really good aim. He drops <laughs> that, not, that knife hilt right at their feet from way up yeah. there. Yeah, but also a great story moment too because they're they're all excited that that Superman has gotten rid of this monster, and Superman says it, they they act like I throw monsters into the sun all the time, and that it's not you know a tragedy to have to kill a creature. I mean, uh, it's it's liberal claptrap garbage. But <laughs> well, I did like that it was sort of the reversal of what you expect the the modern Superman is now, right? It's the Man of Steel yes. version. So you thought. I thought he did throw the monster into the sun, and I thought that's where we were going with this. But then we find out he's actually he's nightcrawler. He brought it. He brought him <laughs> to the fortress of solitude to to live in a little cage. Which is it worse that he just imprisons the monster as opposed to kills it? No, he's got his he's got his like zoo in there, and well, the, the fortress of solitude is in, in all intents a no kill shelter. <laughs> that's true. It's got a it's got a weird fish line. Anyway, um, I like. I think the lot. hope is that I think the hope is that he's going to go out into outer space and explore around and try to find you know the creature's home world or something where it can you know be with its. He, he sits at he sits at like uh, like outdoor festivals at a table with little cages, hoping that somebody will come. That, is, that is the way he tells himself. But if you look, he's got a lot of those creatures in those cages, and he doesn't have time to go searching the galaxy for all these creatures' homes. He's in he's in like four books. And that, but I mean, that's the that's the inherent sadness of the Superman story that he's by himself. There's no one else like him except for his cousin, and they throw each other through walls these days. And <laughs> Zod, yeah, you know. But, I thought it was pronounced Zod. Zod. Is, is there an umlaut over the O? I don't know. I just. Um, this was. Anyways, this, this, yeah, I, this, I agree with you completely. This was uh, a breath of fresh air. I mean, we talked about how excited we've been because Pac's been really strong on Superman, Batman. Although the, I'm not in love with the current storyline, but uh, <laughs> I'm not either. I mean, I get it; like it's impressive, but that's that's all the art. Anyway, you know, so I was looking forward to his taking over action, and it's been what I've been hoping for exactly. Yeah, yeah and I think these two work really well together. I mean, the, like the story and the art are paired nicely. Yes, I think Cooter's great. Yes, he's really he's one of the he's guys. he's a, he's a world class slide guitar player. He's a new artist. I'm to sorry, watch. that's Rye Cooter. My bad again. I like this Lana Lang version. I like that she's sort of. You know, not she's not she's tough, but she's not like you know super badass. She's she's out there being an electrical engineer in Venezuela, but she she will pick she's up a machine gun she and she to. knows she knows who Superman is. Yeah, which is a fun That's dynamic. It. It's mm-hmm. nice to get away from Lois a little bit, uh, well, and also Superman says, Yeah, right. Um, so, this was fun. I liked it, was, it. I don't I don't know that I would have made this pick of the week. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I definitely would have given pick of the week to Velvet Number Two. Okay. For me, well, let's I, uh, talk about Velvet Number Two. Uh, were we done with this? That was a that was a very smooth segue, Josh. I, I thought the first issue was pretty good, but I think this issue really actually did a better job of setting up the scene. This might have been a nice thing to do as a two for one first issue, okay. uh, maybe. Um, but this well, the first actually, issue already was was like forty pages. The first issue was like a it was like a it was like a cold open action scene. I didn't know anything that was. I going really liked on, the so, first issue a lot. Yeah, but this one was the one where like I I, I totally get it now. I, I know exactly what's going on. I know who this character is. I'm, I'm, it's super throwbacky. You know, it, it's ridiculous. There was one where she says something like, "Then they delivered the X14 to the whatever." And I was like, "Oh, it had to be the files I requisitioned at for X14's field reports this mo- this this morning." So who inside ARC7 could know about that? And right. I was like, That's ridiculous. <laughs> and it had those cool little uh, um, the the fighting scenes. It had those cool little diagrams. That was my favorite bit. Was that yeah. remembering the training and it was showing the, like the 1950s style field yeah. manual training di- drawings. And uh, then another thing that happened is uh, the, in the middle of this book was literally the middle was the first set of pages that I have seen in a really long time that I thought I'd really like to own those pages. And it was the, the it was the the journey through her uh, through her cases in time. Mm. East Berlin, nineteen forty nine. Yeah. Monaco, nineteen fifty one. As he's looking at the files and smoking his cigarettes, you see her like in action. I just thought those two pages would look awesome up on the wall next to each other. Yeah. And just that story, I, I thought uh, I just had a lot of fun with that it. That thing is and, and great it, in this book. Um, I mean, I, I, I like this issue a lot. I, I, I love the first issue. I like this one a lot. He did a great car chase in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dealing with a great car crash, you know, artists don't like to draw that stuff, but he, d- he does it really well. And, and I thought, but they're little like 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 British cars from the seventies too, yeah. not not little, American muscle cars, little boxy right. things. Yeah, he's perfect for this. You know, I mean, Captain America was basically an espionage book when he drew it with Brubaker, and they're now they're doing a straight up espionage book. Like he, he's a great ground level artist. Yep. 
Meaning, you know, like I had mentioned that panel in the in the in the action comics where you sort of were looking up or whatever, and but this one, it's like it's we used to say we'd say street level or whatever, but it, I'm just like where the camera is is down here with the people and making that dramatic. Uh, you know, you're you're at, you're at eye eye level view with the cars that are that are flying down these rainy, uh, you know, choked streets in Britain, and and I was it was just I was there, like I was it was very very much put you in the middle of everything. Yeah, great for action sequences. He's good for you know guys in smoke filled rooms yelling at each other, yelling yeah. at each other, going over Who dossiers and stuff. None of them will turn the lights on. No, no, keep, <laughs> keep those lights off. It's like a harder, not only harder, it's like a more action packed Queen of Country. It felt like. No, I mean it's, it's with the, the same. '70s vibe. With it's a really vibe. interesting tone because, like you mentioned, the X14 stuff, and there's you know like the the flying squirrel suit, which is kind of wacky. And you know, other writers and artists would be tempted to do something more like I don't know, like an in like Flint kind of camp heightened sort of thing. And this is very they play it totally straight. Yeah, but without needing to like do the Warren Ellis thing, which would be to totally explain the molecular, how it works, oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or to like base it in science. No, no, it's a flying squirrel suit. And and you just go, well, it's the 70s. That's fine. Mm-hmm. She's got a, she's got a streak, of, streak of white in her hair. It's fine. It's not that much different than what parachuters use now. So it's, it's, no. It's, it's, it's in every, uh, there's, in every video game that comes out these days, they have a sequence where you have to go around in the flying suit and steer around uh, skyscrapers and stuff. But I live on the second floor. Do you think I could use that to uh, jump down to my car? I think you should. Okay. I think you should put that together. Get, go over to the Home Depot. How hard could this be? I just, I just <laughs> get a piece of fabric, sew up to my knees and up to my wrist, and aging hipster killed in ridiculous <laughs> stunt. I mean, just stupid. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say about it. It was, it was just, it was, it was insane. I'm not dead. I'm on the second floor. I'm just really hurting. <laughs> this aging was... hipster has insurance problems. I, I don't really, think I'm happy with this. Yeah, that's the bigger problem. I think this was, this is really good. This is one of my favorite. Image. We're going to talk about image later, but this, you know, they're doing really, really great stuff. And they're not doing every, everything. I, I don't love everything they're doing, but there's a couple of books of theirs that I just like love. I'm excited mm-hmm. when the next issue comes out. This is one of them. This is like the up there with Saga and Jupiter's Legacy and uh, Manhattan Project, things like that. So, am I the only one who read Inhumanity number one? No, because you put it on the list, you jerk. Yeah, so I read it. <laughs> you sound mad at me. <laughs> I was like, why? Are we talking about this? I didn't want to, but I've 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 liked the Inhumans, but I haven't really liked any Inhuman stories I've read in a really long time. Well, my problem with it is not so much the issue; it's just the, the larger picture of the fact that the the never-ending event cycle that Marvel has embraced, while it works for them business sense, which is the only sense they really care about, it takes away the specialness of the event. I didn't even realize this was happening this week. I didn't. And usually, with an event, you want to be you want to have a build, you want to have an excitement build, you want to be ready for it and, and excited about what's going to happen. And now this one, I didn't even realize Infinity ended. Wasn't that last week? So this yeah. is, we have... People were mad at us that we didn't talk about it. Literally we, literally one week between events now, and it doesn't... It takes away this... It doesn't feel like yeah. an event. It doesn't feel like there's an event starting at Marvel because... Just just before before you continue, just since people were asking about it, I'm the only one who was really reading Infinity, and I enjoyed it. So, but the qualifier I, saying, really, you were the only one reading it. Yeah, I was the only... <laughs> and, and I was it for us. I was no, and I was sort of I was sort of tired of being an apologist for it on every week it came out. So I just stopped talking about it. But I did enjoy it. I, I, but I, what, I, I agree with you. It, there should be a little bit more padding between that and, and just, this. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like an event. If it, is it? I mean, I assume it is. It's it's. If I if I may counterpoint, I didn't read Infinity. I don't keep up with most of this stuff. I just read the books when they come out. I was like, hey, it's Inhumans by Olivier Coipel. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this must have to do with what happened before. And I jumped in and picked up, and I'm cool with that. Uh-huh. And I, I guess I wasn't even thinking of it as an event. I certainly didn't until I got to the end. Right. I just I just sort of put it together. But I had to give it a shot. I'm always half and half on Matt Fraction. I like a lot of stuff he does a lot, and I like I don't like other stuff he does. This was good Fraction. And it's funny because this was super serious, super like he, like 70s comics. Yeah. I kind of felt like where Karnak, I love Karnak. <laughs> He's a fantastic mustache. Fantastic. I think mustache. that he he looks ridiculous. He's got the big old Kirby Kirby helmet, and I love that his power is he sees the flaws and everything, and the psychological, uh, the psychological sort of way that that works on him. I think is really interesting. I I like that in it. Basically, put him in a Hulk proof cell, which is made of glass. Well, it's it's Wakandian crystal. Let's be let's give it Whatever. respect it deserves. But it was the one thing where where I think it's Iron Man. 
It's like, has anyone noticed he's drawn on the glass? And I was like, thank you for calling that out. <laughs> no, no, I, that was Hawkeye and Iron Man said, don't worry right. about it. Let him do let Which him. was dumb. Yeah. Uh, which was, it was Iron Man's hubris again. I, and I was very surprised by the ending. Oh, I like how man. everyone just showed up in that room. There was no reason. Medusa, you're here. Okay, it's fine. There were things, I mean, I liked it. It was, it was Fraction writing his Hawkeye, basically, in yep. a group setting. He was seemed like a. It seemed like a much more mature version of him, though. Slightly, he was still like he slept through the briefing and he didn't really know what was going on, and he didn't, you know, he for once he wasn't the guy that got beat Listen, up in the fight. For years, he they ignored him. You can't blame him for the, for the way that he's going to be. He learned that. My problem is, you know, you get to the end and it's now it's like the checklist, and yeah. I would read this story, a miniseries written by Fraction, drawn by Coipel. I'd read that, but I'm not going to jump to these other books, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Just read what you want to read. Yeah. Whoever that is it that Nick Bradshaw cover for the next one though. Yeah. That's a great piece of art right there. Mm. Yep. That's fantastic. I this this was good. It looked looked great. It was a fun little thing. If it all falls apart, so be it. But uh it was a nice little surprise, I thought. Because I wasn't really expecting it. <laughs> so Earth two, number eighteen. This is the second issue from uh Justin Jordan. Paul, is that his name? Yes. No. No? That that is another writer. <laughs> you talk about it, close, I'll look it right? up for you. This so this is the second issue without James Robinson, and then this is the guy who wrote the crazy injustice storyline, right, Paul? I'm that's right, about, right. I'm right about that. Well, that's definitely not Justin. George. Yeah, and he, he's bringing a little bit of that crazy to this, and I'm I'm actually really enjoyed it. In, in this issue, there's a lot of things going on. The, the it's the guy from Unwritten. It's Tom Taylor. Right. Tom, Tom Taylor. That's how that's we remember right. Tom Taylor, the character from another comic book. So in this issue, the the. Oh. Dark, the parademons have attacked Darkseid's minions have attacked Earth Earth Two again, and while all that's going on, Batman is skulking around and freeing people from the Earth Army's prison. And at the end, he he walks up to the Joker cell and puts a bullet in his head. <laughs> it was it's crazy. Actually, I really like. I really actually had a lot of fun with it. So the Joker's dead, and he's killed the Joker in two different universes. Yes, the Superman put his fist through him and. So in this issue, a not so, so Batman is snuck into the Earth Earth Army's prison to free people, and he's and then people are trying to stop him. And Red Tornado, who's also Lois Lane, which is also crazy, is there helping him. He frees like Aquaman, and he frees some other people to help fight the you know the, the coming war. But then he walks to the Joker cell, and they all think he's going to free the Joker, and they're like, "No, no, he's crazy, don't!" And he, he grabs the gun from the soldier and he puts a bullet in the Joker's head. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. But <laughs> I'm just, still not over the first issue of that one one book, the Injustice book I read. Right, and then the, so the and then the, the bad Superman here. He fights the Flash. The Flash, you know, gets away from him, but Superman catches him, takes him by the ankle, and snaps it in half. I think I think the fact that this book they can just sort of go off the leash is fun because there's no you know it's Earth Two. They can do whatever they it's want. It's a chain. They can break it the is chain. kind of interesting chain. to see an alternate reality story that it's its own ongoing series and it's just continuing. Right. It's sort of like that idea with The Walking Dead where you, you have the zombie invasion and then usually the movie stops there, but they continue on and tell the rest of the story. So it's kind of interesting to see a, a long format right. uh, version of that with, with alternate realities. Also out this week, Hellboy in Hell number five. I don't remember when number four came out. <laughs> it's it been was, a while. It, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I thought the series had ended, quite frankly. I I think I did too. I think it just I think I did. did. I, well, it got it got delayed. He had to. No, I was about to make a joke about Mignola's art, and even I don't have that in me. Wow, we would have kicked you off the show. Oh yeah. well, I mean, like like if if you were to take all the words off of this, all of the pages look exactly the same as all the other pages that we've seen so far. That's that's reasonable. I think, and I don't like to say it because I think that he is one of the most important comic creators in, in our lifetime, certainly. And I think that obviously if you look what his work has wrought, but this series is just, it's, it's a bit of, it is a bit like being in hell. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that bad. I, no, um, I mean, it's not that bad, but I think given the expectation of saying, oh, sweet, Mignola's coming back, he's going to draw this thing, and it's sort of cumbersome and plodding. And it, it, <clears throat> it ste- he steered it into the doldrums a bit. Yeah, and um, it, like it got interesting for a little bit in this one, and the, like basically uh, uh, he keeps me. I don't, I don't have no idea. I figure he's just in some sort of limbo version of hell, and, and there's no, stuff no. Going he's, down. I mean, he's in hell, and it's just the idea is sort of that it's it's kind of abstract. He wanders yeah. around, and what's really abstract about this one is he meets this guy, this this captain. This part I loved. I thought this part was good, and and go ahead. 
And he he died in what was it eighteen nineteen? They say yes. at the end. And so obviously Hellboy went to hell way after that, but he bumps into this guy anyway. And so it's sort of I don't know. There's this this weird logic to it that's it's like a fairy tale a bit. And previously in the Hellboy in Hell series, Hellboy, unbeknownst to him, killed Satan. Like he he blacked out for a bit. And and and, and slit Satan so went into went into Satan's throne Sorry. room and, and killed him and and uh, and now all of uh, all of hell is in chaos and all the princes of hell have sort of abandoned Pandemonium, which is the crown city of hell. So is, is he going to? I mean, like, is is the end game here? Is the end game here that that Hellboy is going to become like take the crown and and be you know Satan be the Lord? Well, of I think hell. everything is pushing him towards that. Obviously, Hellboy himself is not interested in. I know, but that it's role. one of those things. It's like a Chekhov's gun thing. Like they they've really set so. us up for that. And if the thing at the end, it, no one wants the promotion that sucks. <laughs> 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 so you know, like, but you get you get it because you're like, well, it's, oh, shit, I, I guess I'll, I'll do this thing. And that seems to be more compelling. That if you just take those two choices, that's more compelling than Hellboy at the end going, ah, crap, and walking away. Right. That's, that's a crappy ending. So that feels like that's where we're going to end up. Although there is a bit of fun in the idea of Satan going, ah, crap. Yeah. Well, we saw that in Preacher. But <laughs> not Satan, but God. I really liked the little story about the, the guy, and I kind of wanted to play around with that. It's, it's not like it would have thrown off the narrative from its direction. Well, I think it's supposed to be sort of aimless at this point where, like, he's – what is it like for Hellboy to be in hell? And let's have right. let's have fun with this for a little while. And sort of he's not the, he's not the main character. Yeah. It's sort of he's, in, he's meeting people on the road. It's, it's a road story. And, and I understand that and I, it, it makes sense theoretically. I don't find it to be terribly compelling and that's the, I think that's the problem. Well, it's, sort, it's sort of like an anthology and you've always hated – you hate that. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you wait a long time. You're telling different stories. The other thing that helps for me – Yes, it does look a lot like the previous issues of Hellboy in Hell and a lot of the other, you know, Hellboy issues that Mignola's has done, especially in the past few years. But I think the fact that they're spaced out so much helps a little bit because every once in a while it's, it's fun to go back and look at it. Nobody draws skulls as good as Mike Mignola does. And I still enjoy that. And I still enjoy the forms and what Dave Stewart's doing with the colors. Don't start again. Um, so I, I just I, I kind of like this as as a little bit of a fairy tale with Hellboy as the shepherd through this weird landscape where nothing quite makes sense. And I I, I love the design of the dragon, demon, the big eyes, and everything. And uh, so it, you know it was fun, but you know it wasn't the pick of the week. Josh, there's not many shopping days left till Christmas, right? <laughs> like literally, like like the other day, somebody was like three weeks till Christmas, and I was like, what that? When did this happen? Exactly. Uh, so if you're like me. And I'm guessing the other two people on this call, and I'm guessing the thousands of other people listening to this right now, Amazon Prime is looking pretty good right now. If you go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, that's a way that you can help the site. But also, uh, if you're, you're doing a lot of shopping through there, say that, for example, just say that you work from home and you never get away from your computer and you don't really have time to go out shopping because on the weekends you've got a well, it's a honey-do list. We'll call it that. And, and you've, you've got stuff to do. And you're not, you're not making it to the, to the toy stores for the kids or for whoever else. Amazon.com, there's, there's your answer. And if you want to help iFanboy out, like we said, uh, we get a little piece of it if you go through our link. Um, so do that. And also, then, it's uh, about human can, companionship for you, right? The UPS guy comes. You have a little chat about the pats. I'm telling you. Until the people, drones. People are talking about putting the local businesses out of I like my UPS guy. I want him to keep working. <laughs> and the other day, at one point, we had the FedEx guy delivered something here, and I was like, "This is nuts." He goes, "Oh, I was just I was just used to coming here." Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> my, my my favorite was the UPS guy. One time, just finally, it was like after we lived here for like a year, he's just like, "What do you do?" <laughs> like, comic. I had a conversation oh. with my FedEx guy the other day about PlayStation Four versus Xbox One. Nice. And it would just it kept on going. I had a really long uh, conversation with the UPS guy about marketing, and it was really long in that he wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> and it was just like, I was like, well, what's your slogan now? It's a logistics, something like that. And yeah, and th then he, he just kept going. I was like, all right, well, you're into your company. That's good. Anyway, the point being, uh, order stuff if that works out good for you and do it in a way that helps us uh, if, if, you, if you're so inclined. And we, we thank you very much for that. You can also go to help us more directly at ifanboy.com slash registration. And that way you can be a directly contributing member 
for our, our new, we think, reasonable rates. Uh, if you like uh, the show that we put on here, 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year, that's just a way to very kindly uh, throw your support behind it and keep us doing this and keeping the, the lights on and just the costs of the hard costs of putting this stuff going. I'm going to sneeze now, so carry on. We're also downgrading our light bulbs. We're going to like those fluorescents, so we're going to save more and more. It's a higher efficient. upfront cost. We're it's not going to. It's an upgrade to light bulbs, Paul. It is an upgrade. You're right. Yeah, CFL. But, yeah, I've been buying the LED ones. Should I not have been buying the LED ones? We got. The, we got the. Ooh, I want those. I buy. I've got like two. LED bike light. Yeah. Indie Hulk Annual Number One. Another another tease from Jeff Parker. I. I was like, what's this? Is Jeff Parker and Mahmoud Asrar? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. We're just, we're, we're counting down the days until Jeff Parker gets to do his Aquaman book, which is soon, right? Yeah. Like, it's like I, next I, month. I feel like it? we've been talking about it for a while. Well, we just had the last, last week Jeff was Jones Jeff Johns' yeah. last issue, so the next month. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, this, is, this is him doing the Science Bros from the Avengers movie because it's, it's, a, it's sort of a, a team up between Bruce Banner and Tony Stark. So you get some Iron Man action, you get some Hulk action in there, and they go to an island where the scientist has basically taken over the island, and he's, bas- he's, he's become the island. So he's got this, this big head of, of stone in there in his little Sanctum Santorum, and uh, he's controlling everything that's going on there, and they got to solve it. And there's a wonderful opening scene where young Tony Stark and young Bruce Banner are at like a young geniuses convention, and this same scientist, sorry, spoilers, who ends up being an island later, uh, is giving a lecture and, and telling them, you know, uh, the, oh, the only way you're going to get anywhere with science and make a name for yourself is if you latch on to the military-industrial complex. And well, so, so for Tony, he was like, that's, that's what I'm doing anyway. That's, that's kind of what I'm doing. And Bruce Banner's like, well, but um, I don't want to. And, and the guy's like, well, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. And, you know, the Hulk went on to have his own world war named after him. So, fuck that guy. And he got a uh, little think tank in the S.H.I.E.L.D. now. That's wanna, right. Yeah, I, he is working with the military. I want to make a point yeah. that I learned, that I, that I sorted out this, as I was reading this issue. I believe that Jeff Parker is the natural successor to Mark Wade. Okay. okay. And I don't just mean, like, in that he's doing the Hulk or whatever. Like, the way that he writes stories, the way that he uses his imagination and sets things up, he can do, like, one-issue stories and things like that in his characters and sort of a little bit of sense of humor. I think they're, they're, they're very similar. And I mean, that, it's a, that's a big compliment. No, I think, I, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, if, if you look at this issue, I mean, the, just the level of insight he has about each of the characters and then how they relate to each other. I could watch uh, uh, Banner and, and Stark camping. For quite a while. Yeah, I wanted. I, I kind of wanted more of this. It was like, oh, yeah. it's only just one, you know, thing. It's it's one annual. And then, uh, and I think you could sort of say that that Mahmoud Azrar is sort of in the same camp, and that he's a really versatile superhero artist. Yeah, you can. I mean, he did he did great stuff on Supergirl, and then he's he's done his you know the Dynamo Five stuff. And I think you could you could put him anywhere, and I think you could he would tell great action stories, and you know all the characters are very expressive. So the whole package. Yeah, I've been saying for a while he's one of the underrated guys in comics. And, yeah, uh, he is. Cover, and uh, maybe he's going to finally get his due soon. I think next year we'll be, we'll be talking about him a lot more. Yeah. Uh, which is good. It's a great thing. Uh, have you guys heard of this reality check book? Uh, it was on the scripts. Yeah. It's a weird book, and I'm not fully putting my endorsement behind it, but I kept – like some every once in a while you read a book that you're like, I don't know that I like that, but you, keep, you just keep reading it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I don't. Uh, it's this – book about a comic book writer artist whose character comes to life and he, he he works out some psychological shit in the end and like cool world i've never seen cool world but yes i assume it's a lot like that but like his character's like a like a horny batman <laughs> Wait a minute. it's not great <laughs> who, who published such, it who did the, who's responsible it's, it's image it's uh written by glenn brunswick I think Glenn, that's the name. He did a few things for Yeah, it is Glenn. And then the artist is Victor Bogdanovich. Uh, it was an odd little book, and, and I'm, I'm not necessarily recommending it. But if any of the things that I said sound interesting to you, it was a weird experiment, and, I, and I, you, could, you could check that out. The fourth issue was the last one here, so there'll, there'll be a trade, but you could buy the issues. Uh, I'm, sure. I'm sure they're still around. That's all. Okay, the uh, Secret Avengers set 12 came out this week, and it was the first issue co-written by Alice Cott, who we've been really enjoying on three, mm-hmm. three, uh, not three, uh, zero. Zero. Stupid numbers. <laughs> numbers are hard. 
Um, Zero, and he's probably also, I think, a, a big, one of the big up-and-coming writers in comics right now. And uh, so this is him co-writing with Nick Spencer with art by Butch Guis, or Geis. And it was a bit of a drop in the middle. Of, not, I mean, it's the first part of a new arc, but it was a bit of a drop in the middle of the story. But I was able to glean what was going on enough because I hadn't been reading the book before. Fun, sort of wacky, you know, superhero spy adventures. Taking on AIM, Taskmaster's in there. Coulson's the main character. I think if you know Marvel does the usual thing they do with co-writers, which is the new guy takes over the book, and Alice Scott ends up taking over this full time, then you know it'll be really interesting to see him do sort of a wackier superhero espionage story. He is taking over it full time. I assume he is. He is. Yeah, he is. He's taking over, and he's doing that and uh, Iron Patriot. Right. So I would say if you want to jump on that now, if you're enjoying Zero, or you you want to you know you want to check out one of the best new writers in comics, I think he is. And it's it's Black Widow and Hawkeye. Black Widow, Hawkeye, fake Nick Fury, um, Coulson, now, Maria now. Hill. Uh, listen, I, I like him in the movies. I just miss old Nick Fury. I do too. Hawkeye, Black Widow, Mockingbird, Iron Patriot, Hulk, Taskmaster, who I didn't re- realize till now was on the team, but now that makes sense <laughs> looking back on the story. <laughs> <laughs> With real Nick Fury and Phil Coulson from the shield side leading the everything, or fake Nick Fury. I, I, I thought it was fun. If you liked, I, think, I think you guys would enjoy it. Check, check it out. Secret Avengers 12. All right. Remember last week that I said it was literally, I think it literally came out last week. Or maybe it week did. Before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, same team, though. Way to go. Young Avengers 13 came out. Uh, and last week I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just wanted to report back that this week I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. And it's over now. <laughs> so that's fine. But at least they cleared it up. That was okay. the thing. It was Loki the whole time. <laughs> he didn't good. even know it was him, which really explains how I didn't know it was him. Because <laughs> if he didn't know it, how am I going to very meta. It was really meta, but it makes sense. It worked out for me. Uh, um, America Chavez got a bunch of fun lines. Uh, we learned about the power of love. From Huey Lewis? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I always like Huey Lewis to tell me the lessons about life and mostly about love. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he's good lessons when, about love. When you've loved and lost like Frank has, <laughs> you, if you can tell me what that's from, I'll be impressed. It's Spinal Tap. Right. Anyway. Bruno Kirby. So it, they have two was, more issues? I, I guess they, I they could end here. I, the but. next thing is the the New Year's sort of party, the right. and then f- season ender, is the last one, and it's that's sort of an anthology kind of thing, a two parter. Oh, Josh is mm. gonna hate it. That's not necessary. I know Jamie's doing the first story and the last story. The problem with anthologies is usually one of consistency. If the stories are good, then you can keep up your momentum. If things are good, <laughs> then they're good. If something is good, right. it would be good. I like when things are good. When things are not good, I don't like them. All right, I got, I got, I got a Christmas gift for each of you. You can't see it right now, but it's a gesture I'm making. Perfect. Towards my that's good because that's what I got for you. Yeah. Oh, it's like the gift of the Magi. Um, yeah. Green Arrow twenty six. I want to talk up your about narrow Irish ass because um, <laughs> I feel like the only the negative I have for, about this book is that I I don't really care about Green Arrow's supporting cast. And I think they're annoying, and I think they need to go away. And I think if they're going to ape the show, and they already introduced Diggle, they might as well just recreate the dynamic from the show because it works really, really well. I think I agree with you, yeah. The two people whose names are dumb, who I can't even remember, but one of them is spelled really weird. There's like no, there's like no consonants or vowels in it. One of the two, they're stupid, and it's, I just they're annoying. And I think it's they should, just his tech team, but yeah. you know, just go for it. Just recreate the show dynamic. Get Diggle in there. Introduce Felicity. I think they should because it's sort of it's. Uh, I think I said about this about it last time that it's confusing that it's so close. Right. Like, and they're doing all the island stuff, and yeah. that's what they do on the TV show. And you know, there's already an Arrow TV show book that goes along. Yeah. Is it still going? Yeah, I think. I um, read it. But but yeah, so it's it's kind of and you know, Shadows in there, and Shadows a character on the TV show, yeah. and Diggle's a character on the TV show. Who isn't so a character in the TV show at this point, right? Books beautiful. I never realized that that word was supposed to sound like the word shadow. I think I only know that because of the TV show. Yeah, like I don't watch. So what, that like I was watching it with the captions on. Yeah, I just was thinking it was like some ninja name, like Shadow. shadow I never, I never said it out loud, so it didn't occur to me. I probably would have pronounced it Shadow as well, but that W, that W is crucial. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's what needs to happen. Otherwise, I really do enjoy the book. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you in that. I don't watch the show, but I'm like, I keep reading it because there's something I like about it, but it's missing something also. Yeah. It's the 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 several groups that are conspiring. I also am not thrilled about this whole Avatar thing, which DC seems to really be fond of. Uh, they do mm-hmm. it all the time with the yeah, it's like the rings and or but they've always all through the years they've done it of like I am the Avatar of the thing and 
It's like, okay, just let him be Green Arrow. Is that enough too much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have I, him be I agree. Green Arrow. It doesn't need to be the avatar of the like Arrow, it, I, whatever the hell that means. I like it being his choice rather than a thing that he found out was voiced on him. Remember they tried his... to do that with Spider-Man? Remember J.M. that J.M. Yeah. tried to do that with the totem of Spider-Totem? Yeah. Remember how they're still doing it with the Amazing Spider-Man movies? Is like that a that's thing? The trailer. Well, it, I, I mean, not he's not an avatar of like a spider or something, but like the predestiny in that his parents were involved in Oscorp stuff. I don't and, like that. It's much more powerful when the, the, the choice is made by a human to be a hero rather than it's their destiny to do so. I mean, that's fine. Because of, it's good to have Because of their stories. circumstances. Like, there's things that happen that make it, you know, They're in hero work. And it's fine. You can have those stories. But if every hero is predestined to be who they are, then it's boring. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no tension within their... It's story. sort of the, it's the lost thing that everything is connected. And I don't need everything. Everything can become connected, but it shouldn't be because of any kind of predestiny. Yeah. So. But still, I think it's a good. I think it's a good. Book. You guys are just godless heathens. You don't, those, you, don't, you don't think there's a plan? Change those things that I said to change. Because hey, I, I have an so. excuse. I was an ultra server. <laughs> those are the books of the week we're going to talk <laughs> I even, about. I don't, even, I don't even know what that is. Now let us let us move to the iFanny Awards. Are we the iFannies. That's this? uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable when we say it out loud, isn't it? All the people in Britain just fell off their chairs laughing. The iFannies. Which, you guys chose it, the name. You, right? you chose the name. I don't recall ever emailing that name in my entire life. No, no, you chose the iFanboy brand. I just, yeah, but I was typing up the script there. and I said, you know what? It's the iFanny. It, sh- it should be clear we're not happy about that either. <laughs> I think we've made that pretty clear. So, Lord, the, Norm, the last few years on the website, we have gone through and done our year in picks for best of uh, various things. We had all the staff do and we did all kinds of great lists and it was wonderful. Since we don't do that anymore, we decided we would take the top categories here and talk about them on the show. And do our picks for certain things of the year. And uh, we're going to go through those now. The first, we're going to lead off with the book of the year. Now, how this works is we've taken all of the books of the month as our nominees. And we, out of those choices, we have picked the book of the year. And uh, just quickly run down the uh, nominees from the year. January was Fury Agent Library Edition of Volume 1. February was the One Trick Ripoff and Deep Cuts. March was Thor the Mighty Avenger Complete Collection. April was Peanut. May was Mind Management Volume 1. June was Superman's Secret Identity. July was Strange Attractors. There was no book of the month in August or September as we were switching over out of the website. October was Jack Kirby's OMAC Man Army Corps. November was the fifth Beatle to Brian Epstein story. And December was Hellboy the Midnight Circus. And that means our book of the year was... The fifth Beatle to Brian Epstein story by Vivek Tuari, Andrew C. Robinson, Kyle Baker, and Philip Simon as published by Dark Horse Comics. This was uh, a unanimous decision. This is totally this is the easiest choice to make. Yep. Soon to be a major motion picture. Yeah, they just got a director this week. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I this can't was wait. this was. I mean, this is the book I, that we by read. The way, I can't wait to argue about Beatles castings. <laughs> While we were oh, reading God, this, yeah. we uh, we I think we all knew this was happening. I think if you listen to the show where we talked about it, it was pretty clear this was going to be the book of the, of the year. This was a uh, Tale of Sand, uh, Asterius Paula Parker mm-hmm. scenario where nothing. The book else. of the year is usually not that hard. Uh, like to pick that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one we did book of the first time we did book of the year was the only time we ever really debated it. Yeah. But this was a clear choice. This was I'm already thinking about getting this for a bunch of people for Christmas who don't necessarily read comics, but you know, are music fans or whatever. But uh, this is a great, great book from Dark Horse. One of the best in a while. Yeah. Yeah, whatever whatever Andrew C. Robinson is doing next, I'd want to be, you know, a part of it. It's, I wanna check it out. It's funny because the writer, I think, this has been like, like a lifelong passion project. It's got to do with the book, but he's also working on the movie and just getting this story told or whatever. But Andrew C. Robinson, I feel like I've seen his art before. Yes, like, I, I feel yes like, definitely. But, I, I, but this is one of those next look level you, things. Look what you just did. Not even that was, This is like two steps. I mean, right. the, immediately when you're looking at the art in this book, you're, you're saying this is somebody who took, who took an, an enormous leap and made something that worked uh, so well. It was, it was super impressive. Because I see old Kyle Baker, too. One of the things that the book did was uh, got me to finally start to read that Beatles biography that came out in 2007. The Spitz one? Yes. Even I finished that. I I got it for Christmas for the year it came out. I've had it on my to-read stack for five years. That's a good one. So I finally... That that one's good. Because of reading The Fifth Beatle, I finally started reading that, and I'm I'm like 100 pages into it already. Um, Nice. They talk about the... A very small percentage of, of the book. Talk about Epstein's crush. I am, uh, I'm on year three of reading Godland, and I should be done any time now. Okay, perfect. So uh, that was the iFanboy Book of the Year, The Fifth Beetle. Now let's talk about – we have three categories, best artist, best writer, best series. And what we did was we said let's all each pick one, 
And for two of the three categories, we got three different answers. And for one category, there was a consensus choice for the, for the category. So let's start with best artist. Josh, your best artist 2013 is? I chose, I chose Daniel Acuna, mm-hmm. which a bit of a bit of an underdog maybe, but maybe a surprise dark horse, not dark horse, but you know what I mean. I found this, this was really tough. There's like yeah. there's really there's so much good art, and I, I I'm just glad that you guys also got answers and we got to spread it out a little bit. But when I was thinking about sort of the story, I you know in mainstream comics or wherever that that really impressed me. I did a pick of the week on one of the Uncanny Avengers issues that he did. I just he was doing something that looked better than what he used to do. Something that reminded me of both new and old in sort of uh, superhero comic book art. It just, it just, I thought it was really great stuff. It made me think of Kirby, but it also made me sort of look towards the future at the same time. And every time we've seen him from the first time he showed up doing Green Lantern issues a while back, when oh, it was yeah. kind of like, do, yeah. do we like this? I mean, huge, huge advantage, huge, huge change. And so that was, that was like one of the stories that stood out in my mind this year. Uh, it was, it was the one I picked, uh, along with uh, what you guys said. I, I couldn't disagree with either of those either. So, Paul, your best artist 2013. I went with Isad Rebic, artist on Thor, God of Thunder, um, and a couple other projects that he's worked on. Um, he did Battle of the Atom. Not our favorite issue, but it no. still looked beautiful. But yeah, uh, this guy reminds me of some of my favorite artists like like Frank Frazetta and uh, N.C. Wyeth. Uh, I grew up with a book of Treasure Island. He did, il- uh, he did illustrations on that. And Isad Rebic just conveys like this this amazing grandeur and and gravity to any page he touches and um i don't know it was just a jaw hanging open kind of appreciation for his work this year definitely definitely my best artist 2013 was chris somney artist of daredevil and he didn't do the rocketeer this year right that was last year yeah yes daredevil is enough continues to be one of my favorites and he's my favorite for this year it's a style that I just I, I love I've loved for years. It's a, it's the mm-hmm. throwback cartoony style that is ink brush deceptively simple, heavy on shadow, and just beautiful to look at. He can draw everything. He I see though I, I think heavy on shadow. I know what you're saying and I understand it because it, it, it's the way that he draws. But it's not dark. No, it's not dark. You no, know, like when you look at like we were talking about velvet earlier. That's heavy on shadow. Yeah. But, but he, he starts from shadow. Right. Like that's how he looks at forms. Yeah. Um, I remember he, he said draws that. backwards. He's lighting based. He draws yeah. backwards. He draws the shadows and there, there forms the images. But uh, he, you know, he does full backgrounds. The thing about his work I love the most is that his work feels very lived in. That the world feels very real. You know, there's a lot of artists, and they're great artists, and I like I like their work. Where you get a, you get a guy in front of a you know a blank background, and that's fine. But you know, I just think of those those great Daredevil pages where you see the entire background. And it's full of detail, and it feels very much like a real world, um, and it helps to sort of create that reality of the book. And I, you know, I every time I see his work, even this the daily sketches he does and puts out on Instagram or on Twitter, I wish he drew every book that I read because I just love his style so much. So he's my favorite artist, 2013. So let's jump to best writer. We'll mix it up, and I'll say my best writer, 2013, was Brian K. Vaughn for Saga and the Private Eye. For many years in this show, we talk a lot about Brian K. Vaughn, how much we love this work, and he was one of our best. Uh, writer nominees for very for years and years but yeah. he went, we went away to do tv for a while came back with a thunder these last couple of years and the introduction of the private eye this year uh his digital only book with marcos martin it reminds me of how much i love his voice as a writer and how his, his crazy imagination and also beyond his comic work i just absolutely love his letter column i just that's <laughs> my, my favorite piece of writing in comics every month is his letter column but uh he's my favorite writer by far i uh i went with jason aaron it seems glaringly obvious to me. Like I was like, how do you, how do I how do I not do that? I, I, we, we marveled about his. We've he's been he's been a writer of the year for us before. This yes. is not, this is not the first time, but he's arguably better now than he was then. Oh, totally. Which is really impressive. His my you know scalped for for years was my favorite ongoing comic book. He hasn't done that in a year, but he's still. I, I the range of his work continually astounds me that he can work so well in such different tones and different books and move things around. The work that he did on Thor to our sort of unanimous uh, uh, wonder. And then at the same time, you go over to stuff that he... I'm reading X-Men books. Right. uh, People who are listening to this, if you've been around a long time, I don't read X-Men books. No, you don't like them. And I've been reading them, like a bunch of them, for like a year now. 
And I still, I'm now I'm reading two Jason Aaron X-Men books, and that's too many, but I'm still doing it because I like what he's slinging. I just feel like he's locked in. You know what I think is rad is that we talked to him a long time ago, and he told us his favorite character. He was on the video show. So his favorite character was Ben Grimm. He still hasn't gotten a chance to do that. And, I, and now I'm like, let's let's do a let's do a Jason Aaron Fantastic Four. Let's make that happen. Mm. You know, he, I think that would be great. But I'd love to see like a different kind of thing that he could do. But you know, if 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 it was only based on Thor, God of Thunder alone, I would still I would still hand it to him uh, for the year. He was he was our our writer of the year last year. I, literally, he's gotten it a bunch of times. Yeah, him at Jeff Johns for like three years. Yeah, it was because uh, that was you know the the end of Scalped and, every, and everything like that. So great couple of years. Best writer. Okay, my best writer of 2013, and you'll see some patterns forming <laughs> that we all kind of like some of the same books. And so I went with Mark Wade, especially for his work. He's I mean he's dabbled in a lot of different things this year, but the big ones are Daredevil and Indestructible Hulk. Did you say I went with him especially for his work? Yes. <laughs> what were, Connor, what did you base yours on? I did. I like Sobby as a person. That's really I was. I, I went off into another nice clause. Okay. I his beard, work really. on his work on Daredevil and Indestructible Hulk. <laughs> um, he has, as as we were, you know, talking about earlier when we were talking about Jeff Parker, who I think is, you know, the same way. Is he has great insight into characters and, and relationships. So uh, you know, with with Daredevil, it's been great from the start, and the artists have been great from the start, but. He, you know, went into this this great level of uh, of pathos this year with, uh, you know, with the, the story with Foggy, that cancer story. Yes, has been just incredibly touching and also not not overly sentimental. Like it's uh, very honest and just a great depiction of friendship. And it's something that I don't know. You, I mean, there are great relationships in superhero comics, but I think Mark Wade has. Uh, you know, is sort of the grandmaster keyed into who these characters are and what what matters to them. He's a wily veteran. The same thing is uh, with uh, with Bruce Banner uh, and Hulk, and uh, and and having a great friend uh, friendship between. I, I love that story with the Hulk and Daredevil teamed up. So always a guarantee of of good times. And he finally got. Did he get his due this year? Was this year he won the Eisner? Or was it last year? No, it was last year. Anyway, he's great. Boy, the years are all blending together. It really does blend together. They? The older you get, the faster it goes. So those are that's the what, <laughs> that's where we're going to go with this show. The best, the best writer. So let's for, talk about my hip for best series of two thousand. I can talk about my back all day if you want to do that. Best series of two thousand thirteen. This was our consensus pick. We all ended up picking the same book. So Paul, why don't you tell us what the yeah. best series two thousand thirteen was? Burly. It was Thor, God of Thunder. Yes. Aye. I was so excited when I heard about this book when you know it was just coming out, and I was like, "That this team is fantastic. It's a perfect match for Thor. A perfect voice. This book gave us old King Thor. We had, th- we had three versions of Thor in a, in a series. Great. A great villain in the aggressive agnostic Gore the God Butcher. It's nonstop beautiful book. Uh, it even had that that great story after." The, the God Butcher yes. or the God Bomb wrapped up where we have uh, Thor going around Midgard and, an, and another uh, cancer story with Jane Foster and her new boyfriend and, and, and Thor saying, I'll go, you know, throughout the Nine Realms and I will find a solution for this. And she says, no, I, I want to fight this on my own. And it just sort of hit me out of nowhere. And then he takes her on a goat ride. And he takes her on a goat ride. Had the goats. Wonderful book, top to bottom. Totally. I was looking through the list of books we'd picked, the other the books I'd read and there was just there was no choice. I mean, every every issue of that book was fantastic. The, the twelve part, twelve ish parts story stuck the landing. Great characters, great action. It was easily the best book of the year. I think that that's I think that's important that it stuck the landing. There are a lot of great stories, and there were a lot of yeah. great stories this year that we really enjoyed the build up to. There's a lot of great beginnings, and yeah. you know we ended up picking a lot of number one issues. Yep. And talking about a lot of number one issues throughout the year, we don't always talk about the last issue. Right. Or end up celebrating as much as we did with with this series. So that's harder. I mean, yeah, just in general, Endings are hard. Just the expectations that no, but uh, totally yeah. st- stuck the landing. Now this year, publisher of the year was a bit of a debate amongst the three of us who the publisher of the year would be. There was two strong contenders, but I think in the end, the choice was clear. And this is interesting. Before before you say it, all that we just did mostly was talk about Marvel. Right. So uh, you would think that it would go one way. Because they were very strong books, but go on. Publisher of the Year 2013 is Image Comics. And Josh, why don't you explain why we chose Image over Marvel, which, were the, which was the debate we had? 
Well, I mean, our best friend went to work there. So. <laughs> of course. I mean, I think it's clear. No, I, I, honestly, that makes us want to choose it less. I want everyone to know that. I think that if you look at what has happened to Image Comics over the, over the past few years and how they have shifted the, the way that they, they put material out and the kind of material out, I mean, we were literally, even if you didn't like everything, they weren't. No, I, putting I, out, think anybody, I can't imagine anybody you would like everything. You, that's the point. They put out so much diversity of content and, and genre that you couldn't pin it down, and they did it. They weren't, you know, they weren't doing superheroes, and they thrived and succeeded by introducing quality and variety well, they uh, do. from they a do, lot like, of different they have, places. They have even superheroes. They've got Invincible. I mean, they literally have every yeah. kind of story. Yeah, I, I know, but it, it wasn't focused on it. It sure. was definitely less than in the past. They really gave us a bunch of we, – we used to complain a lot more about genre. Mm-hmm. Being being a problem, having enough different genres being a problem, but now, like we have a lot to choose from, and so much of it, they really have taken over the space that Vertigo once held, right? In a big way, and every week there is, it feels like there's new stuff. You know, that's that that's one of their little marketing. I whatevers. don't think there's any publisher that really explores the medium that like Image does, and and it's really hard to look at it and not and not see the the value in their sort of uh publishing mantra is that the creators own everything they do you know that the, you know they're just basically images is, is picking books that they think people will like and and things that are good and and you know we've seen people really flourish under that you've seen you've got you've gotten a place that that like big time creators can go uh, and and also small time guys can go uh, and and they both get that same uh, you know blank canvas to to draw on and I, literally every week I'm amazed uh, I'm reading more image books now than I ever have uh, and there's there's a ton of things that we can we can point our fingers at and say yeah let's is, talk about some of the books cool. that let's talk about some of the books and some of the creators that make it the publisher of the year so I mean Saga is a big one it's a you know sort of the blockbuster success I think and then there's I mean each of us like. You know, different things. Like, I really latched on to things like Pretty Deadly and Satellite Sam. I think we all like Satellite Sam. Yep. Yeah. Uh, amazingly so. Or, like, we had, we've been talking about three lately, how how kind of a crazy different historical comic that that is. Zero, Manhattan Projects. Velvet. Yep. Velvet. Revival. Profit. Re- Revival's great. I know. I'm, there's, like, there's literally so many. You know, you go down to ghosted or yeah. or i'm looking now because there was so there's, many there's, there's they put out tons of interesting material but lots of great you know black science and S- sex i think is sex is a great sex book. is sex. one of the best books that yes. has been out this year Sex criminals i've, I've enjoyed there's a lot i a lot of, say east of west tits. i think it says <laughs> no. a lot east of west it says a lot that there's a lot of high profile creators are popping up there with books now and they're making it work because they're making it, they're making it lazarus they're making it work they're making yeah. independent comics work and you, you're getting a lot of really exciting work coming out of these guys. Really, really good. I don't think it's a question. I mean, I think you can make a case for Marvel. You can make that case. But I don't think at the end there's really any choice. But I think, I think you, could almost say, you could almost say that Marvel is following Image's lead in a, in a way in picking out you know, some diverse artists and not, not steering toward a house style. So it's uh, the the things that I like about Marvel are the things that sort of Image was already doing and championing. And the thing is, this isn't because of Ron. This is in spite of Ron because he's doing his level yes. best to destroy that company. We looked for reasons, yeah. Yeah. So sabotage. Why don't we visit that that Morrissey autobio comic again? <laughs> so no, that was their publisher of the year, 2013 Image Comics. So we had uh, Thor: God of Thunder best series. And we had a bunch of writers and artists as the best writers and artists. And then Book of the Year was uh, The Fifth Beatle, Brian Epstein Story. So those are our choices for the top year-end list thing thingies, listicles, whatever the fuck people call the them The iFannies. The iFannies. I wouldn't. I never said that. I did. I didn't say that. Next week, come back. We're going to, on our last Pick of the Week show of the year, we're going to go over the Pick of the Week by the numbers. All the little, we're going to run down the, the math on all of our choices this year. So uh, let's What's our golden popcorn? What's our Nickelodeon blimp? What's our what's our trophy look like? What does an iFanny look like? We'll have someone in England design it. How about that? Bronze sideburn. <laughs> so before we go, let's 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 do a couple of questions. We're running long, but what the fuck? It's the end of the year. Okay. Uh, this uh, first email comes from someone who seems to be an amalgam of Paul and Ron. He is Paul Richards. Which is <laughs> I'll strange. Read it. Uh, since the return of Thanos and Star Lord. <laughs> That's just stupid. Uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> Since the return of Thanos to Star Lord, I have been waiting for the return of Richard Ryder. However, with the introduction of Sam Alexander and Star Lord, quote, not wanting to talk about it, quote, this looks less and less likely 
at least anytime soon. I'd even settle for a mention about what happened in the Cancerverse. You'd think that someone would be curious how Thanos got back. It's not like he's just trying to destroy the universe or anything. This got me thinking for at least three hours nice. Nice. about the other hand-waving and don't look over here is in comics. And another example is Havoc, who's been became a villain, apparently died, then was back because of other dimensions. And I was curious what some of your most frustrating and favorite moments like this are. As a follow-up, if you have time, what do you think they do with all the statues made of heroes that fall heroically in battle and then come back? <laughs> well, Alicia Masters uh, loves this because she's constantly getting work, yeah. making new statues, and they destroy one. They got to make it back up again. Obviously, the closet is the biggest, most the closet unexplained is the story that's ever happened, and they they are, they wave that away. It, and there are some new listeners who don't know what we're referring to when we mention they can that. Google so it. it's from New Avengers twenty six. From back around when I started reading comics again. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the callous way in which they have they've waved their hand away from <laughs> it. Only really made, the only thing is what people don't know is every time we went on a press or every time Ron went on a press conference <laughs> with with Bendis, he would he would end with a question about the closet, and Bendis would just get more and more frustrated with Ron. To the, the point, point that when I would go on press conferences with Bendis, and he would ask me if I'm going to ask that. Because I represent and what they Ron's don't understand about us, and what no one's ever really understood about us is that the more you make it a thing, the more we will make it a thing. We, mm-hmm. you know, for years we've made fun of Fables fans because you all wrote in angry emails about the jokes. If you never wrote in about it, we wouldn't do it. You hear that, Canada? <laughs> exactly, Canadians. <laughs> so the closet thing is probably the biggest one. I, I'm a fan of just waving it away. I mean, it's the only way you can really do it because it's never all going to make sense. I liked when. Captain America died in the 90s, and they brought him back with a bunch of levers and a magical machine that never explained it. He said, he's back! And that's the best I, you know, way to do it. Uh, the, the, the closet thing we can all complain about and be fine. Right. I, I love it when they do this. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, this is totally like, this is, this is uh, the perspective of a guy who's been reading comics for a really long time and has gotten over a ball of that shit. When I was younger, I'd want to know too. Now I love it because it really bugs people. Like it, gets, it gets people's panties all twisted up over something that just doesn't matter. And I, I've, I think that's really funny. Like, like, and, and it's, it's cool because they do it now. And they just are like, yeah, uh, don't worry about it. But it's that's, here. They do it now because that's also how they used to do it. And mm-hmm. because the readership was different, people didn't care or understand because they just started reading comics and they were eight. But, you know, that's just the way you have to do it when your character lives for 80 years. And there, yeah, and there's there's good reason. For it. It's it, you know, it's like a it's like a forest fire. It's it's healthy sometimes. Yeah. My my my, my favorite. I agree. It's a really good analogy. It is. My favorite is is the Batman age d- dilemma. Right. Or or Punisher or whoever. I love it when when you have to just go. Eh. You know yeah. <laughs> what do you want? It does. It's not going to make sense. I know that. I know that he was that uh, Frank Castle was in Vietnam. I mean, uh, the Honduras. And I mean, to, <laughs> to Panama, Iraq. It doesn't to, matter. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm it, cool it's, with that. it's the way that has to be done. I mean, the closet's funny only because it's become a thing. I think, I think the last time it really bothered me was when Peter Parker had like three jobs and he was a superhero. Right. And now I think it's hilarious. <laughs> like now I want, I want them to keep getting Peter, Peter Parker getting new jobs. Well, he's and we dead. Just don't talk about so he's so he back? Never Did he come back, back this week? I don't know. I don't read the Spider-Man book. So, so yeah, so Pretty it's... Sure. <laughs> we should have talked about that shit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get emails. Uh, but So I, I don't think it's an example of bad writing that the new writer doesn't solve all of the problems that the previous writer you know, set out and, and tie up all those loose ends. Right. Nor do I think it's always the previous writer's fault because you know they don't know how much time they're going to have on the book. So obviously you should have a plan, but you know I, I don't hold them to task too much. And I think for the new writers, I think it's good writing to just say I'm not going to – I'm not going to get bogged down in that. I'm yeah. just going to forge ahead and do what matters and not let that – not be a slave to that, that, that bad writing. But really the point is what the fuck happened in the closet <laughs> is the main takeaway from this entire discussion. We don't – we really have no idea why Clinton is back. That's the point, right? We don't know because Hawkeye was dead and now he's not. Right. Not like this. And then – And they, they just didn't – he saw – he went and he, he bedded Wanda Maximoff, That's what looked in the closet – was horrified, and then he's back on the Avengers. <laughs> right. Never. I kind of like it now. We'll never know. And the thing is, yeah. what they actually reveal will never be as good as whatever is in our heads. It, no, not at all. But I want to know what he was. I want to know what the point was. What he was thinking. I think it was Gozer. The Gozerian. It's Gozer the Gozerian. Oh. It was the rectification of Valdrani. Are you a god, Clint? <laughs> Let's do another quick one. Clint. No, no, no. Let's let's we're we're running a little. Oh, long, so fine. 
Contact I'm just at going by the chat window. Is how you write us to get on the show. 888-FANBOYS-226697 is how you call us to get on the show with your questions or comments or concerns. And also, always tell us your name and where you're from. Paul Richards sounds like a fake name, though. Next time it's going yeah. to be Josh Kilpatrick. Let's do a couple plugs. Paul, you put out a new show this week I completely forgot about. Yeah, we did a, we did a Booksplode, uh, me and Timmy Wood. We talked about Doctor Strange, The Oath by Brian K. Wood and uh, Marcus Martin. Vaughn. What did I say? Brian K. Wood. That, that's not a person. No. <laughs> Brian Wood is a person. Brian K. Vaughn and, and uh, Marcos Martin, which came out like seven years ago. Paul joined that at the time. Yeah, it's a great little, it's a, it's a five-issue miniseries, and it reads very quickly. And uh, they just came out with like a new edition of The Trade earlier this year. So go check that out. Uh, we had a good time talking about that. And why there isn't, you know, a Doctor Strange ongoing series? Like, why, why isn't there more Doctor Strange? Because this is so much fun. And writers are always talking about, I love old Doctor Strange stories, and I would love to write that character. You don't hear that as much anymore. Buying comics. That's correct. So that's kind of the <laughs> thing we came to. We got some holiday episodes quick, coming up. Quick update of the schedule, not update, but just a reminder. So next week we have episode four sixteen, which is the last Pick Leak episode of the year. And then the week after that, you'll have the year end all media podcast, which we go over the what we enjoyed in films and TVs and all kinds of things the for, for the year. The week after that is that's the twelve the show that would be out twelve twenty nine. There's no show. We're off that week, and then uh, we'll return with episode four seventeen. With a new episodes the first week of January. So uh, we'll be next week will be the final time for talking about comics for the 2013. In the meantime, head over to ifanway.com, comment on this show, tell us what you thought of the books of the week, tell us if Peter Parker came back because we don't read Spider Man. Be good to know, just for general edification. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy, at Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. That's where we'll tell you what the pick is before the show comes out. That way you're ready to read along at home. You know, read along with the book. And you don't know when that's going to happen, it's just whenever we're ready. <laughs> Whenever we'll we find like, three other books. We'll decide. It's fine. <laughs> We're taking Contact it back. Contact.ifanboy.com, like we said, or call in voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 with your comments or questions. Uh, we're getting good voicemails lately. Keep that up because they are fun for us and the emails. Yeah, and if you dig this kind of thing, and you can review this episode. I thought this was a good one. <laughs> where, where, so you can go I by looked, this episode. I look for very close to 1,000. Oh, wow, uh, really? Like 920-something. Head over to iTunes, write us a review. Tell all these people who are coming to your house, who are swarming upon your house for this holiday season, tell them about iFanboy. Evangelize us. Do you think if, if Around Comics was still around, they would have close to 1,000 reviews, that no. an average five stars over 1,000 no. reviews? No. Probably not, I'm guessing. We'll never know. Oh, boy. <laughs> so the show just ends like that, does it? Just, just ends. Yeah, I dropped a mic. All right, next week was the final show of the year. We'll be, until then, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I am Josh. I got nothing. <laughs>